0: Welcome friends to another r slash pro revenge video, as always, if you are a real pro, you'll already know the best way to help support the content is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Deity. ooh flashy flashy. This is quite a while ago, but it still amuses me. It was late on a Friday night and I was driving over to my dad's place, which was a good 90 minute drive, even late is in the evening. I was taking it easy because I'd just driven a company car from Shepherd's Bush to Oxford and then had another long drive out there. Anyway I'm on the A420 taking it easy, say 10mph under the limit when a kid in an XR3 sporty Ford Escort hatchback comes blazing up behind me. I knew the road so I knew there wasn't safe overtake places and I knew there wasn't any for a while so I just kept on rolling slowly, nice and wide, basically meaning there wasn't enough space to overtake safely. And there was occasional oncoming traffic, so he couldn't go around. And we carried on like this for a fair while. Kid behind me gets more and more annoyed with this old guy and his old car. I wasn't. It wasn't. And begins flashing his lights at me, bibbing his horn, and so on. Nothing fazes me. I'm having an easy time of it. Eventually, he just sticks his main beams and driving lights on behind me, filling up my mirrors with light and making it harder to see. So I slow down like a responsible driver. I'm pretty sure he had his window down at this point, shaking his fist at me. Eventually, I realize he's behind me, and at the first convenient overtake spot, I pull over to the left and flash a left indicator. He goes barnstorming past me on full throttle, finger in the air and all sorts. The speed camera that I knew about, but he clearly didn't, thus got two beautiful pictures of his car. Butt down and accelerating hard, well over the 50 limit, and him with his finger up. I trundle past the camera a few seconds later, quite safe as I'm still well under the speed limit and continue happily smiling. Speeding is normally 3 points but I don't know if he'd have gotten extra because he was clearly accelerating and only had one hand on the wheel, I'll never know but by heck was it amusing at the time. If you're out driving on the road and somebody's driving recklessly and kind of trying to pressure you to speed up or do something stupid. Are you the type of person to cave in and give in a little bit, or are you comfortable just staying still, literally staying in your lane going as fast as you're comfortable with and letting them deal with it? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Dave Burzak Hold my fiery rage, you pathetic troglodyte. I was pooping in a public bathroom, playing a fantasy strategy game on my iPad. I heard someone walk in, so I quickly turned the volume off so I wouldn't awkwardly bother him with the music. Well, he sits down in the next stall and turns on some sports commentary show on his phone speaker. So, I cranked up the epic soundtrack to full volume for the remainder of my sitting. Pretty sure it was loud enough that he couldn't hear his show, or at least it was pretty distracting. Behold my fiery rage, you pathetic troglodyte. The top comment on this post is beautiful. It says, Ah, the public toilets, where all the a-holes hang out. If that isn't both an astute saying and also just applies really well to the story, I don't know what will. Our next story is by Ali 30 may Dad wouldn't let me go on holiday, so I quit and got a job with the competition. I, 30-year-old female, worked for my dad when I was 16 as a sales rep. At 17, my 18-year-old friends were booking a holiday to Magaluf. My dad wouldn't let me go as I was underage. Being 17 and disgruntled, I handed in my notice and applied to one of my dad's competitors. I got the job based on my experience and the previous accounts I had at dad's company. It was a bold move and a big screw you to my dad. For three weeks when I worked my notice, my dad was really upset, but later fell on the funny side. The whole family would make jokes about it, they still do. It did cause some tension as we would try and steal each other's customers. We always made up though, we were very close. Over the years, I've been promoted a bunch of times. I now run the biggest branch in the country. I got a call this morning that the regional manager is retiring next year and I'm up for promotion so it's mine if I want it. This is when the money gets a bit insane. I'll also be the first female and youngest ever regional manager this company has had. I'm proud of myself. I have three kids, I had my first child at 19 and have worked my butt off. My dad was really proud of me in the end. He passed a few years ago but always joked that he was right to make me miss that holiday as I wouldn't have left his company and worked as hard as I did. He was 100% correct. Isn't it funny that one of the seemingly pettiest pro-revenge stories turns out to be what set off the chain reaction of the biggest success story of your life? I guess sometimes it pays to be petty and, well, I guess hard-headed. This next story is by Keep It Civilized. A guy was a condescending piece of poop to a bartender, me. I had a guy come in and complain that our gin wasn't refrigerated. He, let's call him Mr. But and his friend took a seat at the bar in front of me. We had a chat about drinks, everything fairly casual, except you could sense that Mr. But Tong was a bit full of himself. It was a fairly fancy place. He insisted that he could taste whether a cocktail or a gin and tonic was made on chilled gin before being mixed with ice and mixers. I told him that it wouldn't make much sense to assume that because it mixes with ice and the rest so the temperature of the gin wouldn't have any noticeable effect. Now I understand that technically since room temperature gin is warmer than ice it can have a faster diluting effect on the ice but mixers are most often chilled and the quantities of gin versus the mixers makes the heat conversion absolutely minuscule. Mr. Bud gets stubborn. Now, usually, I really wouldn't give much energy to semi-annoying guests. Happens a lot. But this guy, this particular guy just hit a nerve. The more I presented facts and examples all with a professional smile, the more he became condescending, even called me an idiot indirectly. All while this friend is next to him and clearly a bit uncomfortable with Mr. Butt Tong's behavior, the friend tries to lighten the mood and looks very apologetic to me. I give an assuring look that it was alright because I felt the plan mixing up. I accept all the condescending stuff. We happen to have the particular, somewhat expensive gin he referred to through the ordeal as a staple of quality and taste. He told me countless times how that one is the only one he has at home and that nothing else will do. I grab the bottle and fiddle with it to create a little tension of the unknown outcomes. Cue the setup. I propose a challenge. I will chill one dose of gin without diluting it and make two otherwise identical gin and tonics for you. If you can taste the difference, you get both for free and another one for your friend. However, if you can't taste the difference, you pay for all three and throw in another one for me, so four in total. Almost offended by the challenge, yet close to rupturing of arrogance for the chance to prove me wrong, mister Buttung accepts. Even smacks his hand on the bar and everything. I grab my trusty old stirring glass name is self-explanatory, but for those who need clarification, this is a large glass meant specifically for stirring cocktails until properly diluted and chilled, from which you then pour the cocktail over into the appropriate glass. I grab two small yet thin plastic cups. Add ice cubes, crushed ice and a little water to the stirring glass, one plastic cup, in. Gin in hand, I turn to Mr Buttong to establish acceptance of the setup. Mr Buttong accepts friends very intrigued and could see that I was stirring stuff up. Now, you might be wondering what the freak kind of bar this was since I had so much time to mess around. It was early evening, not busy at all and we had several bar stations in the bar so other guests could be served. Also our boss wanted us to talk to people and make sure they have a good and personal experience in this place. Now back to the story, I poured a double portion of gin in the plastic cup that went into the stirring glass and an equal portion in the plastic cup next to the stirring glass. I start stirring. I stir for a solid three minutes, counting on needing extra time to chill the cup and gin through the cup without getting diluted. Mr Buttung looking more and more confident the colder the cup looks. I take out the cup, dry off the water from the outside so the two cups are indistinguishable. Mr Tongue nods acceptingly. I set up two glasses on the bar, ready to make two gin and tonics. Bar is quite tall, so I grab the two plastic cups and lower them outside of his line of sight and shuffle them between my hands. To make it clear that he doesn't know which is which, he accepts the premise. Add one double cross dot exe. Under the edge of the bar and out of sight, I grab another plastic cup and pour the same portion of gin in it. I proceed to create the gin and tonics ice in, gin from each cup into respective glass, tonic, one slice of lemon, stilk of rosemary, et voila, Mr. Butt Tong is served. Of course the chilled cup with gin is chilling under the bar still. He sips one, nothing, sips the other, nothing but confused, sips the first again, and then the second one again, however this time he makes a grimace as if the second time around the gin and tonic taste awful. Sips the first one again and proclaims how that is undoubtedly the chilled one. Friend, as you dear reader know what's up, or at least have enough of a suspicion that he's already laughing through his teeth, Mr. Buttong's already gloating. I use his confidence to act disappointed and make it look like he'd won. Friend suddenly not laughing so much. Both are hooked. My plan had peaked. Time to land this thing. Mr Butt starts mocking and proceeds to ask for another gin and tonic for his friend. I make it and casually bring up the third in chilled cup and fill the third gin and tonic glass with it. Friend instantly understands and almost pisses himself laughing. Mr Butt at first looks confused as he looks at the three plastic cups on the bar top, one slightly different with some condensation on the outside. And then it lands, he realizes that the two he had tasted were absolutely identical and none of them were chilled. The look that man gave me, he was humiliated by his own hand. In front of his friend and on top of that, some bartender half his age. I swear the temperature in the room went up by at least 10 degrees celsius. Mr Buttong only ever said two words to me and I never saw him again. Check please. OP is smooth and smart to stay very calculated with this, not mix anything up that would give them a legitimate edge. OP very easily could have switched up the type of gin just to try like an extra factor, but if anything was remotely different, the guy would have had some kind of perch to stand on where it's like, no, there was a definite difference. You can't argue between two of the identical thing, saying one's better than the other. Or, I feel like you can, but I feel like you'll end up looking like a fool. And our final story of the day is by Lagomorph Lover. Got $40,000 for accidentally confiding a secret to a gossiping coworker. I worked at a chain salon in the US for minimum wage plus tips. We got paid on a sliding scale. The more you added services, the more your hourly pay. Then for back to school, we started offering $10 haircuts. It's dumb to offer a big discount on back to school because that's when everyone needs a haircut, but whatever. Except, to advertise the sale, we had to stand on a rickety step stool and hang a 10-foot long, 3-foot wide banner off the roof of our store. The step stool alone made it a dangerous task, but on top of the sidewalk it was uneven. Our manager insisted we do twice a day, open and close, in case someone steals the banner. Because certainly, someone would want to steal a banner with our logo that says $10 haircuts. It was annoying, but I was looking forward to my next paycheck. I had a high service dollar per hour, which should have meant a bigger hourly pay and paycheck. Except, it didn't. That $7 per haircut discount? It was coming out of our final service dollar calculations. And we ended up making significantly less than usual. I would worked there for years and this was the smallest back-to-school paycheck I'd ever seen. I went in the next day and I was pissed. That morning, a co-worker, who was a total brown nose and gossip, and I were outside setting up the banner. It was my turn to stand on the rickety step stool and I said I was glad this will be the last time I ever do this. I was fully prepared to make a joke about how I was going to fall and crack my head open when the petty revenge idea came into my mind and I swiftly executed it. When she asked why, I told her not to tell anyone, but I'd accepted a job at another salon with a set schedule, higher commission, and $5 more an hour. I said I'd planned on putting in my two weeks, but they needed me to start sooner, so I was going to work the weekend and not come back. This would leave us understaffed for the back to school rush. After reiterating that she could not tell anyone, especially not our boss, she agreed. I left early that day, and on my next shift, my boss pulled me into her office. She said she'd heard a rumor that I was leaving to work at a different salon. I told her I had a much better offer elsewhere, but if she could match that, I would love to stay. She had to put a call in to our district leader about the raise, but said I could work with a set schedule starting the following week. I was working till 9pm some days and at 9am the next. The unpredictable schedule made finding childcare a pain in the butt. I was consistently ranked number 2 in sales for our store and the district. So the district leader approved the raise and I stayed there another 5 years. Which means I got an additional $39,000 in pay for accidentally telling the salon gossip my secret. I also got 20% commission on $500 to $1000 a week in product sales. The pro revenge, I also started printing out my service sales slip from the day before at the beginning of every shift. So that when payroll readjusted the paychecks to include coupons, I could pull up my record and dispute it. According to payroll, there was nothing they could do about it. I stayed another 5 years, raising the issue sporadically, until they brought back the $10 per haircut sale and I quit. A few months after I left, I was made aware that a different employee in another state filed a class action lawsuit and I got a letter asking if I wanted to be a part of it. I accepted and the lawyer loved receiving 5 years worth of documentation, emails from corporate and payroll, etc. They had to go back through all of my paychecks and compensate me for the difference. This included adding the free haircuts, reward program, and discounted haircuts as their whole amount. Increasing the service dollar 19 cents an hour here and 30 cents an hour there added up. And despite the fact that the settlement was split with a lot of people, I got $10,000 from that, in addition to my adjusted pay, which was around half the settlement amount. I think it goes to show you that if your employer, who you've been working for for years, has been stealing money from you you have a legal case there time and time again the bottom line cover your butt if you cover your butt and you have the documents and the records you're pretty unbeatable usually at least you're giving yourself a great advantage but with that being said that's all the time we have for today so of all these stories i've read today which is your favorite and why let me know in the comments down below and if you haven't yet if you could like and subscribe that would mean a lot to me